Remember everyone, safety is health. What's going on everybody? My name is Anthony Jr. and I am your host here at the Safety Realm. Thank you all for tuning in. And as I promised before last year, I was gonna have more special guests and I have Miss Sabina Colligan on today. And please let me know if I said it right that time. You got it. All right. And I wanna give you all her credentials. Um, she has a master's degree. She also has her CIH in her C in her CSP. And she also is a health and safety coach and consultant at S. Colligan Coaching. She also is was in the Air Force as a veteran, an executive coach, and also is a chair elect director for the Board of Global Environmental Health and Safety Credentialing. She has dedicated her efforts to transforming environmental health and safety leaders through community, leadership, development, and influence. In addition to that, she also is delivering content in person. She is a blogger at sabinacolligan.com, and she also designs and deals with industrial-related hygiene and daily activities. I hope I did you justice on that, but welcome, Miss Sabina. Thank you for being here on The Safety Realm. Thank you for inviting me, Anthony. I'm very honored. Yes, ma'am, and I have some questions for you, and you know, I've, I've spoken to you before and we've talked about the journey of safety and health. And so my first question to you is, how was the journey getting to where you are today? Mm, it was a journey for sure. Um, there's, I believe that there's beauty in every, in every obstacle and every bright light that there is, every easy path and every um, challenging one. But Getting to industrial hygiene, I didn't know that it existed. Um, I went mm -hmm. into the Air Force, and I like to say that my my life is a series of fortunate events. And when I went to the Air Force, they said, hey, write down these five jobs. And they gave me a list of jobs. And I said, well, I'm going to go into medical. I'm going to become a physician's assistant at some point. Um, but they only had four medical jobs available. And the last one was industrial hygiene. And they said, mm -hmm. well, science and math background, just put it down. It's a good job. It's number five on the list. You'll never get it. And I did. Um, and I love it. I, I love everything that I get to do in the realm of occupational health and safety that allows me to protect others and mm -hmm. look out for them long term. Like we're kind of the heroes in the background. We're like, mm -hmm. hey, this could cause some significant health concerns down the road based off of the work that we do. Um, so I've enjoyed it. I was active duty Air Force for six years, went into um, private industry after my military term was over. And now I have the honor of owning S. Colligan Coaching and Consulting, where I work specifically on management consulting and strategy, along mm -hmm. with executive coaching for health and safety professionals. So really filling the gap of the management experience and education that we we don't get in our traditional training, but is absolutely necessary for us to build community um, influence and have the leadership we desire. That's great. And listening to the different things that you do uh, brings me to a thought. When I first seen you, I was actually on a web. I can't remember. It was something with the board of certified safety professionals. And I remember seeing you and as an African-American male, when I look around here where I actually live currently in Texas, I don't very, see very many, not only just African-Americans in safety and health, but especially women. And when I seen you, I will be honest, I immediately started smiling like, okay, this is, this is nice to see, you know, because I hadn't seen it before. And when I looked at your credentials and I seen you speaking um, in that actual uh, meeting that everybody was having where people could come and listen to people who are on the board of certified safety professionals speak. It was just really refreshing to see an African-American woman because I've been in safety and health for probably two years and a half, a little bit over two years and a half. And I have to say, you're the first that I've seen 
which kind of shows me that maybe there's a lack of information, maybe in the African-American community, maybe we don't know that safety and health is even a thing because I know I didn't know until I got into construction and I started seeing these guys walking around and ladies walking around and I'm like, hey, what are they doing? Cause they're not like physically doing work but they seem to be watching people work. And I found out there was a whole safety and health like occupation, not only in construction or in service but also in the healthcare industry. And so tell me, did you kind of have that same experience kind of coming into health and safety where you didn't see very many African-Americans or even African-American women for that point? Absolutely. It was a difference for me because initially I was in the Air Force. So there's a lot more diversity in that pool and just like me, right? People just get put in jobs, so it doesn't matter. So I saw, mm-hmm. I saw myself in the Air Force, and that was the introduction to my career. Coming into private industry, it it wasn't. That was mm-hmm. not my experience, and it was, it was very different. And um, I'll share a very vulnerable story for myself. Mm-hmm. I had this expectation to fit in in a space. Um, and really meet, you know, certain beauty standards or um, be heard in a different way. So when you talk about my credentials, like having a master's degree, CIH, CSP, for me, knowing the lack of diversity, there was no other option for me because I didn't want to be denied in spaces and I have been denied in spaces um, for jobs and other opportunities mm-hmm. because I don't look like anybody else in the room or mm-hmm. you know, building connections because I don't, I don't have the same ability to connect to the larger demographic. And it's like, well, you know, we're not talking about fishing or other things that um, don't feel relatable to me and or to mm-hmm. them. So it's been a challenge and I'm really honored in a lot of lights because so many college students that have identified that health and safety is a career field and that that's something they want to go into right? we have one issue, first of all, that people just don't know occupational health and safety exists as a career, right. just like I didn't. So then you have, the question that comes to my DMs, especially on LinkedIn, where you have minorities that get into the field and then they start realizing the lack of diversity. And I've been asked so many times, is it okay? I don't, because I don't want to go into a field where I feel like an only. And Mm -hmm. that's a real concern for people. And that's a real question that I get often. And it's hard. um, But reassuring people that, you know, the diversity is happening, the expansion of knowledge and understanding for people around the the world, really, that the career field even exists is a big deal. Mm -hmm. But it's still, it's still a challenge. And just like a lot of other sectors in the professional world. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when I, again, speaking about this subject matter, when I first got into health and safety, that was something that I noticed. I would sit in a room and I was for the majority of the time at the job site that I started out at, which I can't name, but I was the only African-American male there and I didn't really pay attention to it at first but as this job site was real big and had a lot of employees and I seen people coming and going I started to notice like wow I'm 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 the minority here but I'm very thankful to be able to be if I can say a light in this area to help spread the word like you said hey health and safety is a career it's a real thing you know uh, because people do die on the job, you know, and of course, that's something that all of us as safety professionals, we try to prevent injuries and try to prevent too many injuries to where insurance premiums go up and different things like that. But when I noticed 
what you noticed. I was like, wow, this is interesting. And, you know, I'm from around the way guy, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm not saying I ran the streets or nothing, but I've been around street men. And for me to even transition into safety and health, I've had people who have seen me pull up in my company truck that are African-American men and say, hey, man, you're the first I've ever seen. And I'm like, what? You know, but hey, when when it's like that, it just shows you that, you know, there may be a lack of information and then also just spreading the word, which is kind of what I'm trying to do now. Um, spread the word of safety and health on the safety realm, period. But also hopefully more African-American men and women can look into this field and go into public health or whatever type of safety and health they want to go into, whether it's fleet management, whatever they want to do. But I want them to know that these opportunities are also there and they can prosper in these areas as well. Yeah. So the prosper piece, like, let's sit there for a second. Mm -hmm. Salaries and opportunities within health and safety are magnificent. Um, mm -hmm. But on the other end of that as well, and being able to give back in order, right, protecting others, when we look at, so my in-laws, a lot of them, they either currently do work or have worked and retired from plant jobs. Right? Those, are, mm -hmm. those are the opportunities that are available for them. And so mm -hmm. I get to look at the impact that professionals like me have for their longevity, right? Like some of these folks, they, they stay in jobs 30, 40 years and they expect that they have some quality of life after. And that mm -hmm. quality of life, right, if they're spending 40, 50 hours a week at this plant job or, you know, in this front line, which is a lot of the African-American demographic is in frontline essential workplaces, then mm -hmm. you know, being able to be on the other side and creating more equity, creating safer work environments, it's helpful. And then the other piece of that and having diversity in the field of health and safety is being able to relate to those folks, right? Like it, it's a mm -hmm. different relatability when you're talking to someone of like kind and, mm -hmm. and being able to influence because ultimately when we talk about, you know, health and safety, like yes, we have this responsibility to protect people in the workplace. But in order for people to buy into that, we have to build community. We have mm -hmm. to build culture. And we talk about safety culture, but getting people invested in that safety culture to own their interaction with work, to own their interaction with the safety policies and procedures, making good decisions, you gotta build relationships. And so it's it's fun sometimes to have those conversations and be able to relate in a different way, um, but also have an incredible career while doing it, like protecting people, allowing them to to grow and see their their grandkids. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and we talk about it's so much to talk about in that space, um, but it is mm -hmm. it's an honor to me to be able to look at the programs that I've put in place and know that there have been decisions that were made that impact the quality of life of everyone um, and also the people that I relate to and look like and can represent as well. Right, right. And actually that leads me to a question um, that I have here. Why is it important for safety leaders to lead mindfully? Yeah, so being mindful is really just being present, right? Being aware of what's happening around you. And it's mm -hmm. hard sometimes because, Anthony, you know, it's a lot on a safety professional. <laughs> it's <laughs> We've got past <laughs> mistakes that we can't make again. You got this project happening. You get these phone calls, these 911s. It's a lot happening. Right. It, and a lot of people need you. You get pulled in a lot of different directions. But mm -hmm. when you're present and you're aware with people, you, you 
you show that you value others. And when you're valuing others, you're respecting them. And that's where you start to build that influence. And from that influence, you can build that community, you can have that leadership, and you can you can create the culture in your environment. Like you get them invested in their own health and safety. And that's the work that I do. How do we get to that point in our leadership for health and safety? We're not just regulators. We don't just have the regulatory structures. We have the responsibility a lot of times without the authority to influence entire company cultures. And Mm -hmm. if you're mindful in that and you're present in that space and you're present with others, you you have so much opportunity to in, to create a positive impact. Yeah, and you're right. Like being mindful, I, I feel personally has helped me. Um, you know, like I discussed with you in the past, I'm two and a half years in, uh, a little bit over that. But one of the things that I did learn was people receive um, safety better when they know that you're for them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you show that by giving them compliments for how safe they're already working and also building, like you say, community. You know, no, I don't know, you, you're not like my blood brother or blood sister, but at the same time, we work together. And if we're gonna come to work together to do a job, I may not be a plumber, right? Or a sheet metal guy or a concrete guy or drywall guy, right? I may not know how to do that, But the fact that I've built, like you said, that business relationship, that community to where you feel as a person, I can come to Anthony or somebody feels that they can come to Sabina about a safety issue. And when you handle that, it it makes people trust you more. So you end up being the first person that they call if they feel that they can't call somebody else. They call you because they're like, hey, this person's going to handle business. They're not going to wait four or five days to to handle, uh, uh, even if it's a real small safety issue that could be fixed within three seconds, they're going to look into it. And so I've had people tell me, um, hey, man, I like the way you carry yourself. You're not, you enforce safety, but you you enforce it in a respectable manner. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like you're trying to run me off the job. You're trying to help me. And I like the fact that your safety meetings aren't 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, um, I like the fact that you hit those points that need to be hit. If you've seen something the day before, you let us know, but you also are very respectable. And I, that could be just the way, I don't want to say it's a Southern thing, but the way my parents raised me was like, you always respect all people, regardless of even the people that may disrespect you. You know, you love them from a distance, but if you carry yourself in a respectable way and you come in peace to people, they usually receive that very well. Even if some people may not like health and safety, for example, you know, like I know some people are like, oh, you don't have to do all, you know, but hey man, this is the protocol. You know, this is what we got to follow. And you got to think about the what ifs. And even with the, the younger generation coming in, I'm 31. When I see somebody, you know, that's 18 coming into the field, I think, man, I got to look out for this person because I know they, you know, for the lack of a better term, they kind of green, you know, they don't know. They, they just graduated high school. They're trying to figure it out. We've all been there. And so being mindful of things like that and treating people how I want to be treated out in the field, I always talk to guys the way I would like to be talked to. And I found out it's really worked very, very, very well. You know, people have received it well. It does. And Anthony, I, um, as you were sharing that I was thinking about all these different examples of relationships that have been built. Um, But also something that for me, I've had the opportunity as I move through management roles and for our Mm -hmm. future health and safety professionals, um, being mindful of myself, right? So we talk about how we protect everybody else, but really who protects us, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, but if you think about it, right, we we manage our schedules. We have to figure out how much energy we can put in different different programs and projects and um, emergencies and all of the things. And the same way, you know, we talk about treating others how you mm-hmm. would want to be treated. 
I, I started asking people, you know, or challenging people really to treat yourself how you want to be treated mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And um, it's, it's a challenge for health and safety professionals, but, you know, new, new people into the field, people that have been in the field for some time, really taking a look because you and I both know it can get overwhelming mm-hmm. so often, yeah. especially when you're working around all of these hazards and, you know, it, it weighs on you. If someone's hurt, you think about like, what didn't I do right? Right. How can yep. I make this? How can this not happen again to anyone else? Um, and so, just taking a look at that piece too of treating yourself how you want to be treated, and as a safety professional, protecting not only yourself but if you're a leader of other professionals in the field, um, protecting them as well. You know, you mentioned something I was thinking about. Just as a side note. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've always hear, heard people talk about self-care mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to make this a male thing, but, you know, like, okay, yeah, all right, I'll go get me a bite to eat, take myself out to lunch or something, <laughs> you know, self-care type of stuff. But I actually could honestly say just yesterday, I said, man, exactly what you said, like not even thinking about safety and health, but just personally, hey. I got to protect me and I got to think about myself too. like nothing wrong with because when I when I think about what I do for a living and even outside of work for my family, I always look at myself as serving Mm -hmm. and I found life to be very easy. That way I'm not getting getting into competition with other people because I'm so busy serving and also trying to elevate with my education and with, you know, um, getting different relationships with people business wise like I have with you now, like to me me being able to talk to someone like you at the level that you are, it's like I'm leveling up because there was a time where all I thought I could do was play sports. Like Mm. I was really good at basketball. I was highly athletic, but the downside to that was I I'm not in the NBA. So if I would have just kept that mindset, where would I be today? You know? So I think about stuff like that when I'm in the position that I'm at now and I'm like, yo, I got to reach out to these other guys you know, or the other ladies out there that they may have that same mindset. You know, maybe she played volleyball, basketball, whatever the case is her whole life. And she's just been highly athletic, but she never really took her studies serious. And so sometimes just being a servant and just saying, hey, let me help you. I can, you know, excuse my slang. Let me help you to the game on this because you probably don't know, but you can do a lot more than play sports or you can do a lot more than just come out of the projects or coming out of the ghetto. Like you can buy real estate. You can, you can own stocks. You can be an entrepreneur. Like I didn't start thinking like this until about I'd say 25 ish. And then the, the more that I kind of grew in life, I'm like, yo, I have to start thinking beyond just what I know. Like I have to expand. I, I listened to this um, to this podcast on YouTube called I Am Athlete. And one of one of my favorite running backs, he says, like exposure leads to expansion. Like, of course, that's good exposure. And so I can tell you, Sabina, like I've never sat in so many meetings until I got in safety and health. And it opened up my mind like to the business language, mm-hmm. because there is a do the job language. And then there's, this is how the business is doing. And like, I'm so thankful that I'm in this space because every time I talk to somebody in my family or a homeboy or homegirl, I'm like, Hey man, you got to understand, like there's a, within your company, there's another side, (laughs) you know, that you want to be involved in. Like you want to know, like, Hey, it's okay to go to your manager and say, Hey, I know y'all have quarterly meetings or weekly meetings. Can I just come and sit down and learn about the business? And you don't even have to say nothing. Just tell them you won't even say anything, but you want to learn about the business. And what that does to, to people in a management role is they start to think, wow, you know, like this person is, this, this employee is different. Like this is somebody that can probably take my role if I left the job or if I retired or if we had a new position opening, that person could take that position, you know? And so that, those are just some of the things that 
I've, I've been kind of thinking about over time. As a matter of fact, let's look at this next question um, that I have here. And I, I think I'm pretty sure you can answer these pretty well. It is what are the top three ways you see safety leaders miss the mark? Because we're not perfect. And then what can they do to correct it? Yeah. So one of the challenges that show up often, Anthony, and you'll hear people say it across and they say things like, nobody understands what I do. Mm -hmm. I love what we just talked about in terms of having exposure and being in Mm -hmm. your meetings, um, talking to your colleagues that are not safety and understanding the business. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the spaces is expecting everyone to know what you do, but you have no clue what everybody else is doing. You have no clue how all the cogs on the wheel are making the engine run. And so really getting involved. um, So, and that's a foundation of building community. And the second is only protecting to OSHA standards. (laughs) If if we're not at best management practices, some people are just not going to take you serious. Mm -hmm. So we have our minimum standard, but is the value of a person's life minimum? Wow. And if you really look at it that way, it's also, again, taking away some of that ability to build community and to influence the decisions that are made. Mm -hmm. And then I think the last piece is really being intentional about our leadership, whether we are an individual contributor, I'm brand new to the field, I'm vice president of health and safety, we're really being intentional about how we're showing up for others. We are such servant leaders, but health and safety professionals, we are overworked, <laughs> we're under-resourced, and we're mm-hmm. spread thin, right? Like just the amount that we can actually show up for ourselves, show up for our spouses, significant others, our dating life, extracurricular activities, children. Like when you really look at it, it's hard to balance. Mm -hmm. And we have to be very, very intentional on being present in the spaces, valuing others, respecting others, growing our folks. Those are all really, really important aspects um, of, of our leadership and our ability to build community and influence. And I keep talking about community and influence because it's so important. That's how we build our cultures. You know, you, you mentioned something that I realized when I, after I got my foot in the door and I got my foundation set, I started to, and like the old people say back in the day, get your feet wet. You know, I got my feet wet a little bit. And one of the things that I realized that you mentioned is the management role and the significance of management in helping the safety person enforce safety and backing it up. You know, like like actually commending the safety and health protocols within the company and saying, hey, I got your back. Like, hey. If you need my help on this, if you're having issues here, I will also help you to be able to get to those goals. Because one of my mistakes when I got into safety and health was I thought safety and health was just my responsibility. But mm-hmm. as I got in the field, I started to realize like, no, this this is a collective effort. And even from the field guy all the way to management, we all need to understand that safety does need to be a core value. Like it has, we all have to believe that everybody who comes to work, we don't want them getting hurt. We don't want to rush somebody to the hospital. Everybody matters. And like you said, building that community and having, you know, that the management skills to continue to do that over time, because sometimes I find now, I, now I don't know, you let me know. And I think this would be a good question. I found that some of the most challenging people to deal with are the the people who've done the same thing 20 plus years (laughs) you know it's like all of a sudden somebody in safety comes up and says hey i think i think we 
I think we're, we're doing this the wrong way. This is how it should be done. And it's not that they may not necessarily know that. It could just be that they've been doing it the unsafe way for so long that when a safety person comes up, a rep, a consultant comes up and says, hey, yeah, you need this on when you're doing this or that. Sometimes I found like, wow, man, these folks could be some challenging people to deal with. So what I do as a strategy is I will always try to go around the point to get to the point, depending on how serious the, the hazard is, because, you know, there's levels to this. But mm-hmm. I will always go around the point because I don't want them to feel I'm insulting their intelligence. Like I, I have no intentions in what I do in good faith to insult anybody's work ethic. But I also want to make sure I'm getting the point across to you. So that's if I got to come straight or if I got to go around to get to the point just so that, you know, you feel that little tug at the hem like, hey, yeah, we, we, we got to change this. And you got some they respond very well. And then some they kind of like, OK, yeah, I got you. You know how that goes. So have yeah. you experienced <clears throat> experience that? Yes, on all fronts. And the most deadly hazard is is we've always done it this way. Yeah. And there's there's nothing to change. And that's why I harp so much on this community and influence because I I was listening to someone say, you know, if if you are walking down the street and a random person tries to give you a hundred dollars, you are likely to look at them and say, why are you doing that? Right? Like, I don't trust yeah. you. I don't know you. I'm not taking your $100, even if you need it to pay your bill. Right? Like, <laughs> your lights are on the way to getting cut off, but you don't trust that person. Right. But if a person were to build a relationship with you, say, hey, Anthony, or hey, how are you? My name's so-and-so. This is, oh, nice to meet you, Anthony and start to build that relationship with you and say, you know, hey, Anthony, I I am just, you know, following my heart and I've got this excess money and, you know, um, I just want to bless you with a hundred dollars. Like I, I got it. If you, if you want to take it, that's cool. If not, you know, maybe you can come back around next week. I'll be here in the same spot. We can just chat. Right. You get to build that connection. You learn about the person's family. You learn about, you know, their faith, their influences, you know, their values, what's important to them. And you start building that relationship. And somewhere you might even want to give that person a hundred dollars yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you know yeah. that person, and at least you're open to listening versus going saying, Hey, I'm the safety person, and that's wrong. Um, so building that influence really helps and helps to lead people and figuring out what motivates them and what, where would they start to make those changes? Because if we really think about it over 20 years, they've been through it all, right? They've been through, oh no, look, these ups and downs, this safety campaign, that safety campaign, you know, oh, we're just going to do it this way. The safety person that, you know, maybe wasn't trained in safety or didn't really care or just walking past looking at it it's like whatever I'm just gonna do what I gotta do because you are the ebb and flow right you're the Mm -hmm. kind of in and out but building that relationship and that influence to get them to own and really educating and saying like these are the reasons why we're just looking out for you so that they start making those decisions themselves and saying, I don't care if it's Anthony, Sabina, Caitlin, Jimmy, <laughs> it can be anybody. <laughs> I'm going to do the right thing for me because I'm educated on how to protect myself. Right. And, you know, you really put that um, very, you articulated that message very well, getting to know them. That was the first thing that the guy who trained me in safety and health said. Mm-hmm. He said, listen. It's okay for you to do your job. You're supposed to do that, he said. But you have to ask these people how they're doing, how their day is going. You know, you don't want to just, hey, you're you're grinding a pipe and you got sparks flying. You don't have a face shield. I need you to put a face shield on. And he even said the way you address them can really dictate how 
the trajectory of your relationship with them moving forward. And so like what you said about just asking, Hey, how's your day going? And now let me say this just off, just off the, <laughs> excuse me, Sabine, I use a little slang. Every, I'm like, I say, I'm, I'm a professional, but I still use a little slang every now and then. But uh, yeah, I probably would have took that hundred from you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if we just keeping it 100, I mean, Hey, you know, Hey, you just be at night. God bless you. I'm going to take the hundred and put it in my pocket. And we probably going to be real best friends. You know, I mean, I'm coming you know, back I might, <laughs> yeah, you know, I might come at the same, let me see what time 11. Okay. I'm going to meet Sabine at the same time at work, the same time. She might be feeling generous again. I'm just saying, but, <laughs> but that is a good way to, to get people's attention and, and to let people know that, the, and and, I, and one of the things that I want to say that I really I stuff like this very often, but I feel that the education behind the standards are so important. Like, OK, yeah, have gloves on when you're doing you're dealing with sharp objects and all that and have your safety glasses on or, hey, make sure you're not under a suspended load doing this crane pick and all that is one thing. But taking the time to explain to people that you work with that hey the reason why i'm here is because people really do get hurt and i'm not saying that because i'm the safety person here i'm saying that because if you go to the osha's website you will see all these different fatalities people getting their fingers cut off stuff in their eyes and what i want to do is enforce these safety and safety and health protocols to like do the best that i can to prevent that from happening to you and I mean saying that in a genuine way, which is mm -hmm. that's how I address my guys when I talk to them in safety meetings. And I've found some of the guys, they may like safety may be may not have been a core value. But the more I've worked with them, I'm starting to get more calls from those same guys. Mm -hmm. So like it's like, oh, wait, it's working like these guys see my heart is not just to enforce the rule, but it's it's also to build a relationship with you to where you can trust me. So when you call, you know, Anthony's going to get, even if I don't have the answer right there, I will always tell my guys, look that like I did a safety beating one time and they asked me a question. I said, you know what, brother, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I really don't know the answer to that question right now, but you give me some time. I will give you an answer that I know is right. I don't want to just throw something mm -hmm. out there. And I've found that people appreciate that. You know, that is so powerful. Oh, it's thank so you. Powerful. I mean, honestly, that's that is what I I've not trained one person in a different way. And you do build that community, you do build that influence because one, you genuinely care. And people know when you care when you BS them. Like honestly, mm -hmm. you can tell mm -hmm. somebody's blowing fluff. And giving people the autonomy to make a good decision. And that's where education comes in, right? Like mm -hmm. sharing what's happening. People that have been on the job, sometimes it, it can be teenagers. I've done training with teenagers before and they've seen hazards in workplaces, just working at a fast food joint. People have seen mm -hmm. what can happen. Even the most invincible of us, they don't have to see all of the documentation, sometimes that's what's most needed to influence management. Mm -hmm. I bet you could get quite a few stories of a person that has experienced colleagues, especially in construction, get injured or heard the story of that injury happening. They know that is real, but getting them mm -hmm. the education and ability to assess their risk and make a decision when nobody else is watching. That's so wonderful. Yeah. yeah, that's wow. Great points. Like, and just to backdoor what you just said, I felt like when I talk to different people as a safety guy, I realize that a lot of people are standoffish mm -hmm. because they like, hey, I don't know what I'm getting from you. Are you gonna come here and try to change everything and and go into this super hype? safety or are you are you mature with the way you handle situations are you going to overreact 
um, that was some of the vibes that I was getting when I first started going out on my own and doing safety audits. Like a lot of people didn't know. I look, I mean, I literally, I'm 31, but I look 20. So, you know, you got somebody you, you, you never seen before, but he said he's worked for the company for X amount of time. And, you know, you know, if somebody's 60 years old, they looking at me like I'm a kid, you know, <laughs> like the young kid is coming. Is he going to change everything? Like, what is he going to do? And then I found over time, people have calmed down because they're like, hey, no, nah, man, this guy, he means well. He's not going to overdo it, but he's going to do his job. But he's going to do his job, but he's not going to overdo it. And he's going to do it in a respectful way. And I found from doing safety meetings that, like you said, taking the time to educate people, hey, this is what you do in this situation. If you if you don't know what to do, if you get in this situation again, you can give me a call. But this is how this is the best way to handle it. And like you said, being genuine and passing that information and education to them to where they can be self-sufficient and they won't even have to call you about some stuff. Like I, I had a guy using an articulating boom lift yesterday. He didn't call me once, right? Because he knew what he needed to do. And so I look at things like that as, okay, I know, and I know this guy, he would have called me if he didn't know what to do. But the fact that you know, I've taken time with him and talked to him about the different things that I'm going to be doing throughout our organization to, to help us to continue to be safer. I feel like he trusted himself to know, OK, I know how to go about this because they have a manual on the lift, you know, if he didn't know how to operate it. Um, but it was just great to to meet him at the job site and see like, oh, he didn't even call me because obviously he understood what he was doing. And that makes me feel good because that doesn't that means that I don't have to stop every single thing I'm doing to go straight out there every time for somebody. And so I found that to be very encouraging, even though I definitely like helping people. Just the fact that he didn't call me, let me know, like, OK, this is somebody with experience. And if somebody else is with him, he can teach them how to use this equipment, you know? Yeah, it's it's a testament. And those are the testaments that show your leadership um, and the confidence that people have in you and your ability to educate to the point of instilling integrity into their actions. And that's a true culture that people would love to have. And, and honestly, your workforce, your dividends, your profits, all the other pieces of the business, the quality of your products, they all reap the benefits when psychologically people feel safe, they know that mm -hmm. they have resources out there. They're not stressed and over demanded mentally or physically to get their jobs done. Um, and they are able to do so with a little bit more joy, right? Like I'm not going to be happy if every day I wake up and I'm like, am I going to lose a finger today? Like is, right. one of, is, somebody <laughs> on, is somebody on my team going to get crushed by this right. load on a crane? Right. They, people don't come in with good attitudes that way. But when they have the psychological safety, they know that their workplaces are safe. They have the resources and relationships. They're able to contribute in so many other areas of the business to include their own job satisfaction, which lowers turnover. Right. Like so much that goes into our role as health and safety professionals. I like how you said that psychologically, because a lot of stuff has to do with the mentality of a person. And that leads me to our last question. How can safety professionals be more influential? Mm. So first of all, influencing self, mm -hmm. um, the way that you talk to yourself will likely be the way that you respond to others. So if, if you make a mistake, like, I don't know, you drop the egg and you're like, dang it, Sabina, you dropped this freaking egg. You're so stupid. When you see the person not wearing their safety glasses, your first response may be, dang it, person, you're so stupid. Why aren't you wearing your safety glasses? Or at least that demeanor is there. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Or again, treat yourself like you want to be treated. And if, if you are practicing that with yourself, then you're able to practice it with others. Building those relationships, educating people, not fully taking on the whole 
safety is just my job and nobody else in the business has that responsibility. It's not true. We are risk managers. We can't do all of it. We don't make decisions. We we don't hire people. We don't fire people. We don't uh, authorize vacation time. We don't sign yeah. off. Right? Like we don't we don't have influence over the budget significantly. Um, so you know, creating that influence and in others and educating them to be able to make make those safe decisions for themselves and for their coworkers and the entire workforce. Those are all really, really positive ways to create that influence. You know, the I like your approach to the questions that I've asked. Yeah. And it's um it's it's I don't want to say it's unorthodox, but it's not like cliche, if I can say it that way, you know? Uh it's it's like you're addressing it from different angles. And you're not just addressing it from, okay, yeah, this is how you do it. But you have different strategies. And I can tell because when I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at comprehension with just taking time to listen to people talk. And as I've been listening to you answer these questions that I've been asking you, and as we've been bouncing information off of each other, I feel like, like people need to know this lady has the, not only just the paperwork, but she has the experience and strategies to help the business get better in regards to safety and health. Because most people think of just looking at the numbers, but when you talk about influence, leadership, the uh, psychological uh, mindset, the psychology of the mindset of somebody and how they look at safety, it all starts there. You know, it's, it's not just this person got hurt today and I'm upset. No, it's, hey, you have to spend time like being out in the field, walking the job, checking on people. Hey, how's your day going? Those things help people to want to be safe because the person that's enforcing those standards, right? We are enforcers, but the way we enforce them should be in a respectable manner to where people can also relate to the safety and health standards. And like, I just like the way you took your time to answer those questions because most people look at safety, men and women, and what we do, like cops. And it's like, I am not your daddy. I am not your mom. I am not trying to be none of that to you. You know, like we we ain't even on those terms. We both have certain skills that we're good at. And I can't tell you how to be an electrician, right? Because the only parts that I really know about being an electrician is more in regards to safety. If you start talking to me about schematics to HVAC work, I'm going to look at you like, bro, <laughs> I, <don't laughs> you know, know. <laughs> I have no clue. Listen, I didn't go to school for that. But what I can tell you is you could de-energize this equipment to keep from getting your finger cut off or getting, you know, into some type of art flash or something. I can tell you that. But, you know, my point with that is we all have certain skill sets. And one thing uniquely that I learned from construction is everybody doesn't know plumbing. Everybody's not an electrician. Not everybody knows concrete. Not everybody knows how to go in the computer and do RFI changes. But each person collectively can build a building because they get certain contractors to come onto that job site to do one job. That's to be an electrician. I'm not paying you to be a plumber. I'm paying you to do this job and be an electrician. And I learned that in business. Look, I don't I'm decent. I'm pretty, pretty good at what I do but I still have a lot to learn. And I'm, I'm honest about that. I still have a lot to learn. I still feel like no matter how long I'm in safety, I will continue to learn. But at the same time, just because I'm learning doesn't mean I can't be effective with what I do. And so I try to teach people that are willing to hear me, regardless of what age group they're in. Like, hey man, nobody knows everything, but we can work together to get the job done and get it done the right way and get it done safely. So we can continue to be productive and continue to get more work. That's a win-win for everybody, you know? It is. And I'll share with you. So you mentioned, um, you know, that, that difference in thought process. When I moved into a health and safety manager role, I took over a site that historically had poor outcomes, right? We had the highest quality issues, the highest number of health and safety complaints 
or near misses, um, the highest number of injuries. Like we just, that was what we had. That was the history, had been the history for some time. And at the end of my tenure there, with this approach, we had a 30% reduction in injuries year after year. Right. We had a lower number of quality events. But what was so significant was the number of health and safety complaints and anonymous complaints as well. People didn't have confidence in what was happening. That actually moved to number three on the list. And mm -hmm. number one was the quality of the work that they were able to perform or the instructions that would lead to quality, um, a poor quality outcome for the, the product. And mm -hmm. what shifted was that mindset. People felt secure that they, they weren't unsafe doing their job. So they were able mm -hmm. to focus on their job and the outcome of their work. And it was so right. different, right? But they had years and years of the same old thing, but shifting the way that my department interacted with every level of the organization from frontline up to the vice president, general manager, we were able to make much different decisions. And um, people just had confidence in their program and they owned it. I didn't have to do a lot. By the time a report got to me, a manager was already telling me what was going to happen, like what changed, oh, who was taking time off, like whatever was happening. By the time I saw the report, the manager was owning it. And that's the beauty of building that influence, building that community, educating others, valuing others and respecting their ability to own their own safety and who they are um, and how they how they choose to interact with their workplace and that culture. That is, wow. You had that down pat. I mean, to, to have your management by the time it gets to you, they can break all the information down exactly to where, what, when, how, and break it down to you like that. That really shows your leadership skills because not everybody, not everybody has that type of setup you know, especially within a business, because most people are thinking, oh, you know, that's not my responsibility. But the fact that you had that camaraderie, like you said, that community, hey, this is how this should be done. This will help me a lot. And this also help you and kind of bouncing off of each other. I think that that is just great. And so everybody, we're going to get ready to end this podcast. I will definitely have Sabina back on again, if she would grace us with with her presence again. Sabina, would you ever come back on here to the safety realm? For sure. I, I, we just have such good conversation, Anthony, and I would be honored. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, y'all, this has been another episode of Safety and Health here at the Safety Realm. Miss Sabina was our special guest. And let me all know if you all have any questions. Remember, you can call in you should be able to click the message button or you can reach out to me on any of the social media platforms where this segment is shared. Again, Ms. Sabina, thank you so much for joining us here on the Safety Realm. Thank you.